Thanks for listening to Table Scraps. Last time, we were listening to Pastor Brian Wolfmuller's presentation at the Tell the Good News About Jesus Convocation, the Wyoming District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. When we left off, he was giving the analogy of a water treatment plant, that when people come to get water, instead they give them anything else. I'm thirsty! I want some water! Forgive my sins! Isn't this so silly? I mean, what do you need more than water? I mean, in the, in the analogy, see? All this other stuff is fluff. It's, it's, it, in fact, it makes no sense. All of the other stuff that the church is doing then that is not directly about the distribution of the forgiveness of sins is just silly. Let's pick up right where we left off. to all of the world the saving blood of Jesus. That's that. And watching these videos ought to give us a kind of crystal clarity that we aren't doing it and we should be. And we can repent and rejoice that Jesus even has forgiveness for us. Alright, what else is on these notes here? Okay. I'm going to go to the next question. How do you get to heaven? You ready? Questions about what is the gospel? Yes. The last lady said she was raised in a strict Lutheran household. Yes. I don't quite believe that. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe she knew what the gospel was at one point. But you see that... You know, uh, when you're teaching children, like algebra or whatever else you teach children, <laughs> you are, you're fighting an uphill battle because we are all just naturally... Someone said stupid? I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Lazy. We, we, we all are born knowing nothing fighting an uphill battle. You're fighting against forgetfulness, you're fighting against laziness, you're fighting against all of this sort of stuff. But when you're teaching the truths of the scripture, you're not just fighting against kind of our natural ignorance, you're fighting against the devil. You see? I mean, it's a much more fierce battle. Remember this parable that Jesus tells? The the sower goes out to sow the seeds uh, and he's 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 not a very good farmer in the sense that he throws his seed on the highway and he throws his seed on the in the rocks and he throws his seed in the bushes and some of it lands on good ground. But what happens to the seed that lands on the path? The devil comes along and snatches it away. It is, it is not enough to hear the gospel once. It is not enough to hear the gospel once. We need to hear the gospel all the time. <coughs> Every day. Constantly. Because the devil is always trying to... You see, it's not the danger is not that the gospel will be forgotten. I mean, that might be a danger for some of you. Uh, over 65. How many of you are senior citizens? Raise your hand. If you can remember. <laughs> 
by the devil. Stolen. Like a diamond thief. Uh oh. <laughs> like the video. <laughs> okay, how do you get to heaven? I pressed play. Let's see what happens here. Oh, I might have to fast forward. Believe in heaven. Uh, and, um... Okay. How do you get to heaven? I told you that this was a, a precise thing. <laughs> it, uh, this is like an x-ray of your, sinf- your sinful flesh. This is, the, it, this is what your sinful flesh believes. I gotta go back so we can... Oh, that's really slow. How do I... I remember I'm a trained professional. Don't try this at home. I do not believe in heaven. Uh, And, um, you know, a lot of people say that you have to believe in God and uh, pray and, you know, accept Jesus into your life to go to heaven. And it's like, if you don't, you're a bad person. Well, I'm a good person. Like, I'm an outstanding citizen, you know, a good student. Uh, So if there is a heaven, hopefully I'll go in there if, you know, even if I don't believe in God. our sins. 
This is why we have those two versicles that come before the confession of sins. In the new hymnal, it says, uh, 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 how does it go? Uh, but, uh, the John, first John passage. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have, we have to hear that first before we're willing to say, I am a poor, miserable sinner. It's like you've seen this. When you probably did this when you went to summer camp. Uh, I never really liked this game, but you would get some, some guy, the smallest guy first, up on a tower, right? And then you'd all stand like this with your arms out. And you'd hold your arms out. And what do they call this? The trust fall. Yeah, nobody really likes this. <laughs> Do they? And you, you got to trust the people before you fall back. This is how it is with the law. The law is always pushing us backwards. Pushing us back. So we're going to fall down all the way. But we have, to know, we have to know the arms of Jesus are there, and then we can stop fighting it. And we can let the law have its way. But until we know the gospel, the blood of Jesus, which takes away all sin, until we know that, we're always going to be resisting the law. Don't push me back. So you see, that's what's happening here. I don't believe in heaven, but I'm good enough to get there. Is anyone good enough to get there, by the way? No. No. Uh, Does anyone want to say something about this? Okay, let's see what else. How do you get to heaven? First, sir, getting to heaven is by believing in Christ and to uh, be obedient to His ways and to read the Word. Okay, now, let me try this. I'm going to go backwards. Whoa, that's slow again. Let me, hold on. What? what? Uh-huh. I'm going to try this. Okay. How do you get to heaven? First, sir, getting to heaven is by believing in Christ and... That's good. <laughs> Stop there. We get to heaven by believing in Christ. Always, though, we have this hand, don't we? Jesus' hand. Believing in Jesus, what's the end that this gentleman added? Obedience to his word. Believing in Jesus and obedience. The problem with this little word, and, is that it undoes whatever comes before it. Uh, Jesus and works. That means what? works. <laughs> Faith and obedience. That means obedience. Bible and tradition. Tradition. Grace and keeping the law. Keeping the law. You see, this is why we Lutherans have these solas, right? Scripture alone. Faith alone. Grace alone. If we didn't have them there, our, our minds would just slip in another something else. And so you got to, and, and that's, and it's the alone that got us Lutherans in trouble. I mean, the, the Roman Catholic Church had scripture and grace and faith. They just had other stuff with it. And so does everyone else. It's the, but if you have Jesus and works, what it really comes down to is your works. Okay, you got to believe in Jesus and... To uh, be obedient to His ways and to read the Word. 
Um, I think it's, I, I, everybody's not perfect on this earth, but. Here again, we should stop. Everyone's not perfect. Right. But. I, I, I would say try to be as close to perfect as you can, or close to good as you can. How's that going for you? Nobody's perfect. Now, there's something very important here. Our flesh wants to use the gospel as an excuse to sin. I'll say that again. Our flesh wants to use the gospel as an excuse to sin. I can do this, and Jesus will forgive me. Nobody's perfect, so God must not demand it. You see? We try to soften the, the demands of God, but what does Jesus say? Be ye perfect as the Pharisees are perfect. Wait. Let's try that again. Be ye perfect? It's worse than that. How many of you are Pharisees? <laughs> Be ye perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. And again, we have to ask, how's that going for you? How are you doing? Jesus comes along and he summarizes the law in a word that seems deceptively nice. The word is love. Love. It's Valentine's Day in a couple of weeks. St. Valentine's Day. Someone told me, yeah, that's right. Uh, and we, and our, we don't celebrate the saints' days. That's my excuse for forgetting flowers. <laughs> soul, mind, and strength? When can you check it off? You can't do it. So that 
So that love, the command of love, is always killing you. Always. You never finish it. That's why it's... But it seems so nice, doesn't it? So that you can get something like this. Nobody's perfect, but we just got to try. This is, Luther said, you have the law two ways. You have the law disguised in a veil, and then it's soft, and it makes you into a Pharisee. Or you have the law with the veil off, and it comes at you like a terrorist to kill you. And most people would prefer the veil on. Give me the law softly. Give me something I can do. And then I can check it all off, and I can be a Pharisee. Wait, just to say this simply, right? There's two results of the law. Pride or despair. And when the law comes whispering softly to you, you then get tempted to pride. Nobody's perfect, but you've got to be as close to good as you can. And the arrogance of thinking that that will, that that will let you stand on the day of judgment is just beyond comprehension. But that's the arrogance of the Pharisee. And it seems like humility, doesn't it? That's the trick with being a Pharisee. Uh, I mean, it's, there's some big advantages to being a Pharisee, for sure. One of the biggest advantage, advantages is that you can like yourself. Uh, Pharisees really were proud of themselves, right? And the other advantage of being a Pharisee is that you don't have to like anyone else. <laughs> uh, but it's dangerous. All right. Woe to you, Pharisees. That's what Jesus says. Okay. How do you get to heaven? Any questions on this one? We're going on? Are we running out of time? All right. Ten minutes. Oh, 20. Good. Could you believe in Jesus died for our sins and... There is that nasty word, and. The three-letter A word. And. Believe that Jesus died for my sins and... By trying to, to live right, uh, mostly by the Ten Commandments, but as right as you can. Just believe that Jesus died for our sins and you're okay. This is uh, kind of a textbook confusion of law and gospel, right? Believe that Jesus died for your sins and try to live as well as you can. See it? Now, uh, the, most of you raised your hand and, and said that you were Lutheran. Those of you who were not Lutheran, how many of you thought this way before you became Lutheran? Can I ask that question? How many of you thought this way? A few of you? Do you Lutherans think that this is a... That this, to, wait, to think this way is absolutely nuts. You have this glorious treasure of the distinction between law and gospel. But this is what most people think. And they think that Jesus alone, faith alone, is what they call easy believism. Have you heard that? Cheap grace. Easy believism. You make getting to heaven too easy by saying it's just all Jesus and none of our own obedience to Jesus. See it? But as soon as, as soon as you add something to Jesus, you've undone. If you could do it on your own, then Jesus didn't need to die. That's what Paul says in Galatians. He says, if you go to be crucified, sorry, circumcised. <laughs> Not much difference. <laughs> you said it was not me. It's getting late. It's now it's about an hour past my nap time. If you go to be circumcised, Paul says in Galatians, then Christ is of no effect. What? 
that's not what the Judaizers were saying to the church of Galatia. They, well, do you, do you not remember this? The Judaizers, that's who Paul was so worked up about. And the Galatians were believing the Judaizers, which is why Paul has nothing good to say to the Galatians. And the Judaizers were coming in, and they weren't saying bad things about Jesus. They weren't saying, you don't need to be, you don't need to be Christian, you don't need to believe in Jesus, just be Jewish. They weren't saying that. They were saying that faith in Jesus wasn't enough. You needed Jesus and circumcision. And Paul says, no. No. There is not an and between Jesus and our works. There is not an and between the gospel and the law. There is not an and. There is an or. If you seek to be justified by circumcision, then Christ is of no effect uh, 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 to you. It's as if he never died. Because if you're good enough to do it on your own, then why would he go through all the trouble? We should have this simply from the Lord's Prayer in the Garden. Remember what Jesus prayed to the Father? Paul, if there is any other way, let this cup pass trouble. And because the Father did not let the cup pass from him, we know that there is no other way. It is Jesus and his death and his death alone that brings us salvation. Question? Alright, let's see what else we have. Yeah, the Lamb, the Father, the Holy Ghost, King Jesus. Yeah, I, I agree. Heaven... Yeah, I can't wait to get there. But we got a mission out here, and we gotta stay. We gotta stay focused and stay good examples, you know. I don't know what to make of that. I don't. I, I really like that guy. I think I said that, didn't I? Okay. Uh, what comes next? How do you get to heaven? Okay, for me, heaven is uh, every day. It's not uh, just uh, like uh, something. Um, it's, it's everyday life. What, what it's like? You believe that somebody sent you here, and you need to get uh, to get to report back how you spend your time here. So heaven is uh, uh, how you spend your days on the earth. No, this is uh, this is really interesting, isn't it? This is this is quite a sophisticated theology that this gentleman has. He said, "What heaven is here." Now, is that true? Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is among you, Jesus said. All of John 3.16. Believe in me, shall have, not will have, but you do. You have eternal life now by faith. Heaven is among us because Jesus is among us. And he's forgiving our sins. And he's looking upon us with his love and with his mercy. Heaven is among us because you have now the death of Jesus and the Holy Spirit so that so, so that your eternal life began it, it begins not when you die but when you're baptized see and then extends on forever but I think what this gentleman was saying was maybe not this but rather uh, kind of a, a bit of a liberation theology in other words uh, heaven is brought among us by our own obedience and, and, and keeping of the commandments. And I think that's what he's getting at. Uh, and, and this is, it get, kind of gets to the, to the essential problem of Roman Catholicism. 
is that we participate in the work of redemption. You know what I'm talking about? The sacrifice of the Mass, the priest is participating in this propitiatory sacrifice, unbloody albeit, but it's a, it's, a, it's a winning of the forgiveness of sins. We have this straightened out by Luther when he says this, and this is really nice, something to tuck away. He, he says, we have to distinguish between the way the forgiveness of sins is won and the way the forgiveness of sins is distributed. The forgiveness of sins is won by the death of Jesus on the cross. It's distributed through the word and sacrament. So that the word, the gospel, the absolution, the preaching of the word, the study of the word, and baptism and the Lord's Supper are delivering to us the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Does that make sense? So we do not participate in, in the atonement. We are the recipients of Jesus' atoning work. That's the doctrine of justification, being on the getting in of this promise of forgiveness. Question. Didn't he sort of step into New Age right there at the end when he said something about us having to report back? Yeah, the question was, did he get into New Age for report back? In other words, we came from some sort of cosmic reality and we go and we've come down. Yeah, I don't. I, you, I think you could understand it that way, but that could, I think it could also just be a struggle with the English language too. So, but, but the idea of reporting back is the Lord has given us the to-do list, and we got to go and then say, hey. I've done it. Uh, all right. Should we keep going? I confess in your sins and giving yourself self up to the Lord and uh, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, now we get to the big one. What we call uh, decisionism. Uh, you, it's, you can just really put ism on the end of any word you want. I like to do that. Because then you can really kind of pick it apart easier. If you can name your enemies, it's very helpful. So decisionism, and this is the belief that we, to become a Christian, you have to make a decision for Jesus. You have to invite him into your heart. You have to pray the sinner's prayer. You have to walk the sawdust and pray. Although this is particularly clean here. You have to come forward. You have to dedicate your life to Jesus. You know, what was Billy Graham's magazine called? Decision today. Or was it just decision? Just decision? This was it. the whole idea of a revival. Is that you bring people to a, a point where they're ready to receive Jesus. Right? This is... Uh, if you're talking to someone who's not Lutheran, say an evangelical or a Baptist or something like this, they're going to ask you this question. Are you born again? And what they mean by that is, have you made a decision for Jesus? Have you received Him into your heart? Have you said the sinner's prayer? The problem is, that again is a confusion of law and gospel, and a confusion of our own abilities. I, the weirdest conversation I think I ever had, I don't know if you guys want to hear about this. I was walking, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, because you've all turned in your evaluations already. Uh, I was walking out of the hospital and there was this lady in the room on the inn and she said, Father, I need to talk to you. So I went in and she said, the first question was, can I have your Bible? All right. I gave her my Bible. I didn't borrow it from church anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I started talking to this lady about 
says, what are you? And I said, I'm a Lutheran. And she said, what does that mean? I, I, think about how you'd answer that question, by the way. What is a Lutheran? I think the best way to go is law gospel, because it gets to the point. Lutherans believe that we got to keep God's Ten Commandments or else be damned forever. And we also believe that Jesus died in our place so that we might not be damned forever. Okay? Uh, and that's, I think I said that to her. And she, I mean, and she says, but we got to accept Jesus. And I said, well, you know, our, in our sinful condition, we don't accept Jesus, and we can't accept Jesus. The mind of the flesh, says Paul, is hostile to the things of the Spirit of God. In other words, it's not just that we don't accept Jesus, it's that we can't. We don't have the ability to do it. And, and then this is where things went kind of really off the deep end. Because she says, not only do you have to, but, but I have. And then she started talking about how uh, I was talking about the uniqueness of Jesus. And she was started talking about how God had lots of wives like Mary. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And, uh, and then he and I said, why don't and he has lots of children like Jesus? And, and and the idea was that God the Father kind of comes down from heaven every so often and picks himself a wife. Why don't we know about this? I said, he keeps most of them out in the wilderness. <laughs> I had another weird kind of uh, in Reno. I met this apostle at the McDonald's. <laughs> well, I don't know what. And then she starts talking. She wants to. She says, "I can prove it to you. You have to look at a tree, and you have to go home and you have to stare at your trees, and you'll see it." What? <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling that she thought that she was one of the the wives of the heavenly Father, and that and that that's what it meant to accept Jesus. And I've never thought of this as the same since then. And I never got that Bible. Back. <laughs> Every time I walk by that room in the hospital, I kind of skip. <laughs> Accepting Jesus. But we can't. We can't do it. But it's not about us accepting Jesus anyways. People ask me, Pastor, what do you think about Billy Graham? And that is like someone saying, here's a landmine, please step on it. <laughs> right? And so this is what I say. Billy Graham's sermons would be great if you just flip them around a little bit. Like this. Instead, instead of talking about how I have to receive Jesus, what about telling me about how Jesus has received me? Instead of asking if I've made a decision for Christ, ask if Christ has made a decision to save me. And the answer for that, yes. Instead of asking if I've accepted Jesus into my heart, ask if Jesus has in His mercy accepted us into his heart. Now there's comfort in that, isn't there? I, in fact, I was went to the McDonald's one. Do you guys have a, the movie thing at the McDonald's? <laughs> the Red Box? Some of the McDonald's here? I thought that this was one of the advantages of living in the big city. 
but apparently I uh, read. Well, I went to return the movie there, and uh, and there was this lady, and she said, uh, she said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And she says, well, I'm a Baptist. And I said, and I said, oh, she said, what's the difference between us and you? You, you. Lutherans and us Baptists. And I, and I went through this. I said, you or your pastor gives an altar call at the end of the service, doesn't he? Have you accepted Jesus? And said, yeah. yeah. I said, you've gone forward for those altar calls? Yeah. Fairly often, I guess? Yeah, I have. I, in fact, I, I go all, all the time. And I said, well, what about Lutherans don't have altar calls. We do have an altar. That's one of the yeah. one of the weirdest sort of things about the altar call is there's no altar. There's no altar. <laughs> Well, we have an altar, and we have the Lord's Supper, and we call each other there. But we don't ask these questions, have you, have you made a decision for Christ? Because it's not about me. Has Christ made a decision for you? And this lady, in the middle of the McDonald's, was crying. Because she said, I have never, ever heard anything that comforting in my life. Yes, she says, I see what you're saying. I know he died on the cross, so I know that he loves me. So I know he's accepted me. So I know Jesus has decided for me. And now finally, for the first time in her life, her eyes are off of her own faith, and and they're on Jesus. This is all evangelism, and it really is, isn't it? It's knowing law and gospel and and saying it. All right, except Jesus, that's how to get to heaven. I think we're getting to the end here, and the end of our... I don't know. Someone has to tell me what it's Five minutes. Five minutes? <laughs> oh, this is the last one anyways. Uh, this is your dog. <laughs> I believe in a, in a heaven anymore. Um, I'm not sure even that I believe in an afterlife, but I do believe in being good while we're here and alive and being, you know, spreading goodwill and being good to one another. Um, but that's something that I think I'm, I'm sort of struggling with. <laughs> I don't believe in heaven anymore. That's rare. Like 98% of people believe in heaven. Like 5% of people believe in hell. It's <laughs> 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 bad, isn't it? Those are unofficial statistics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just about everyone believes that. Because it's really a disaster not to, huh? What do, you, what do you do? What do you do if you don't have that hope? What do you do if you don't have that assurance? What do you do if you don't have that confidence that there is a heaven and a God in heaven, but a God who didn't stay in heaven, but came down to earth to your flesh to your sin, to your getting the wrath of God, your cross, to your grave, to save you, to give you the promise of eternal life. What do you do? You try. You try to be good. You try not to think about it. You keep telling yourself that Christians who believe that kind of stuff are a bunch of wacky nuts. You think of yourself more highly than you ought, the Pharisee. 
Sometimes when you're lying in bed at night, you cry in despair. But there's not much else. This is why Jesus has a church. This is why Jesus has you hanging around down here. So that he can forgive you your sins. And he can forgive the world of their sins as well. What is the gospel? It is the death of Jesus for you. How do you get to heaven? Because the Holy Spirit has created faith in your heart to believe and trust in that promise. And with confidence, we can both rejoice in that and we can share it with our friends, with your daughter, <laughs> with your neighbors, and with all those who ask. May God grant us His Holy Spirit so that we would do so. Thank you. You've been listening to Table Scraps, a production of Table Talk Radio. You can discuss this show with us on our forums at tabletalkradio.org or give us your feedback via our voicemail system. The number is 866-851-5523. Thanks for tuning in to Table Scraps. Table Scraps.